Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. And I'm the Master of Scaramonies. And today we're covering the naughtiest movie we've ever covered. <laughs> so I need you to reintroduce yourself with appropriate 70s porn voice. Duke the Big D of Spook. <laughs> I don't have one for me, but... I just feel like we need, like, the sexy saxophone in the back. No, in my mind, it's not. I can't do it. My throat's too fucked up. But, yeah, imagine the porn the, the noise. That's not what That's I was not about. it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> They're picturing it. So we're covering X, uh, a very recent, uh, very, um, not vocal, this is a movie, but, like, it got a lot of attention right when it came out. Very it still cool. is. Yeah. Uh, from everyone I've seen it, it was the same sort of visceral responses that, like, came out right after, like, Midsummer mm-hmm. or Hereditary. And it's, is it an A24? It is an A24 it is an movie. A24. Okay, well, so that's to be expected then. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did I say about uh, St. Maud that it was every A24 movie was like you're getting called down to the principal's office because mm-hmm. your kid has done something? Yeah. And it's like, to what extent what am I going to have to pay for therapy and like move to another country and shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was another one that I think, like St. Maud, was A24 in the aesthetic choice, somewhat in how it made people feel. I say, but, for me, it was a lot in the cinematography of right. this movie. I, you, specifically, the one scene that comes to mind. So I saw this with Belle, uh, mm-hmm. who's been on the show before. Um, the fucking scene where she's in the pond, and you just see the fucking alligator. alligator. I'm like, bro, this is not even remotely what the movie's about, but I'm scared as <laughs> fuck right now. I was like, are we about to have a sudden crawl sequel here? Well, and like, they they did the little Chekhov's alligators, like, they did come back to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, even if they hadn't, that would have been even more scary because that's what stuck with me after the movie, even after all of it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, fucking alligator, man, that was scary. (laughs) Um, But yeah, jumping ahead. Uh, X um, came out this year, uh, just within the last couple months, right? Yeah, it came out on March... March something to this last month, uh, March eighteenth. Yeah, this of twenty twenty two. So it's a, it came out almost exactly a month ago. Yeah, um, I went to see it by myself on a <laughs> Sunday night at like ten o'clock. Well, we were originally gonna go together, but I was just way too tired. And I'm kind of glad I saw it on my own. As fun as it would have been seeing it together. Like, I was having fun with Belle, but, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I get you. So I feel like we should talk a little bit about what the movie's about Absolutely. as a base concept because that's part of the reason I was kind of glad I saw it by myself. Because <laughs> Okay, I, I get it, but, like, we've seen a lot of weird, uncomfortable stuff together. Yes. You know? I, I know, but still, sometimes it's <laughs> I, just I that know. bit. But so this movie is kind of, I view it as like an homage to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that it's a 70s set slasher movie that follows this group of uh, young adults. I mean, they're like 20, 20 somethings who have gone out to uh, visit this farm and work in their side house to make a porn film. Yeah. Because it's all in the VHSs these days because that's what they were very excited about in the mid-70s. Well, yeah, the home, I mean... It was the home media a, yeah, market. It's, it's a completely different, convers- like, legitimately good conversation we could have about VHS in relation to horror, which I'm sure we'll cover, especially when we get into, like, the sequels of mm-hmm. whatever we do, our big magnum opus Friday the 13th coverage. 
yeah. we will definitely get into, at least on the scholarly side, uh, if we need to fill time for one of those episodes, talking about just the revolutionary vibe of what like blockbusters and like rental videos did for horror, specifically non-commercially successful horror, and mm-hmm. double specifically for X-rated movies, not yes. even just pornography. But like the movies that the, the 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 producers of the original Friday the Thirteenth were making before mm-hmm. were like softcore porn, but they were like the exact same thing that the cameraman in this movie was trying to do is elevate it, yes. give some sort of artistic flair to just filming people fucking, mm-hmm. and like I don't know, I feel like this movie like as funny as a concept as it is, and as like dark of a world as porn can get. It did have a lot of like astute, like kind of moments where I'm like, yeah, if you want to look for like the grandparents of, of horror, look no further than the adult film industry of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. No. It, it truly was just like, how can we turn something that people see as reviled or disgusting, mm-hmm. but are still drawn into watching for one reason or another? How do we elevate that to be taken a little bit more seriously? Yeah. And I think this movie does that same thing, too, in a thematic way with the characters, too. All of them have depth to them. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the origi- like the proto version of this, like you said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or any of those slasher movies, mm-hmm. it's very one-dimensional, very porn-like, where there's yeah. not a lot of depth to it. But this not only is in its... I mean, there's straight up, like, porn in this movie. Like, you you watch people fuck. Not yeah. to, like, an X-rated degree, but, like, but you, you yeah, do. It's not, ex- it's not necessarily implied <laughs> right. at, at that point. But it becomes, because of the depth you learn about the characters and each one of them and mm-hmm. where they are in relation to each other, um, the power dynamics of what's happening, the mounting tension that's happening... Mm-hmm. The sex becomes an instrumental tool. Yeah. Like, um, I don't remember any of their names, but, like, when Jenny Ortega decides that she wants to be in a movie, it's, Mm -hmm. like... It's a major issue. Yeah, but for, for like, a multifaceted reason. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just, like, this is empowering. It was almost like she has, like... It's almost her, like, giving up on doing anything else. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to do this. Um, it not only demasculates her boyfriend, but also gets him to see in perspective of like, yeah, I, I, I view myself as this removed artist, but like, this is something that can affect me too. Yeah. So like all of these things are there and they're all like, you spend time on all of these. Like mm-hmm. this movie really didn't need to be what it was like two hours or something. It uh, really didn't need to be all that it's long. It's about an hour 45. Oh man, it, it just maybe it felt longer then, just like, because yeah, of the depth. Because there's so much layered to it, and yet it's paced really well. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Because yeah, the first twenty minutes or so, there's no sign of horror in it. It is just an interesting drama with these characters you're following yeah. as they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Some with with each other for the first time. It's like Jenna Ortega's character is just meeting all of these yeah, people. Yeah, she just showed up. <laughs> yeah, she's just helping her boyfriend who's recording for them. Yeah. And then she ends up having a conversation later on with the other girls there about yeah. the industry and it kind of just sparks a different interest in her. I which I think say, is really interesting. No, I agree. I will say the um, one of my favorite parts of this was again, because of the subject material and, like, the movie, I feel like, knew 
what people were going to be thinking to it going in, mm-hmm. and then tried every minute of the runtime to defy expectations, yeah. and it succeeded. I really appreciate that it did that because, like, is that whole conversation? That's like a ten-minute scene mm-hmm. where you learn a lot about all these characters, and it's not in a. I mean, we love you, but it's not in a Blumhouse way where it's just like. This is stuff that you hear on like Facebook or Twitter. Like it doesn't it seem regurgitated. Like real people having this conversation because we also see it from multiple angles. We see the girls have their conversation. We see the director and the filmmaker have a real conversation about how the business works and mm-hmm. how it can sometimes benefit you to separate it from you, and sometimes you have to let yourself feel those emotions. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting scene to see the dichotomy mm-hmm. between the two. And they did that for a second. And, for, at that point, that's what all I thought in terms of that ex- exploration of that depth that they were going to do. It's right towards the beginning when they stop for gas. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into the cast of this in a second. So, like, all these names we're dropping are, like, we'll talk about it in a second. But, like, when Brittany Snow is out there and she's filling up gas, Jenny Ortega is like, so is that your boyfriend? Referring to Kid Cuddy there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, sometimes. And she's like, do you usually oh, – well, it's a flip. She asks – you know, are do you normally help your boyfriend out with these sort of like mm-hmm. movies? And she's like, I don't know. Sometimes she's like, oh, is that your boyfriend? She's like, oh, sometimes. Because it's the same yeah. thing. It's it's the business in itself for just being an artist, especially in this time. It was like you can do stuff for money and remove yourself and remove your identity because that's what helps you. It's just a job, mm-hmm. you know. Or you could take everything seriously. You could be so hung up on making the perfect movie that it drives you nuts. Or you could be so hung up in the, in my opinion, antiquated views on sexuality, especially at this time, mm-hmm. and think that you shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing something like this. You shouldn't yeah. be promiscuous in this sense because sex is something else. But well, and it's something all I think is you know? really interesting is that in terms of how the older couple that they're visiting their farm to use their extra guest house, they don't view it as a problem because they're exploiting their sexuality. The, the Specifically, the older woman sees it as a problem because she misses when she could exploit her sexuality. Yeah. Because she felt that she once had a time where she could f- do anything she wanted because of how she looked, and now she's jealous of these younger girls. Yeah. And it brings a really interesting layer to, like, her psyche as she seems to be like losing it because yeah. she's an older woman and like her husband doesn't really let her go out much or mm-hmm. see the other people yeah which it's, is later explored as to why but at first you think it's just because she may be having like uh memory issues like yeah. uh, dementia or which Alzheimer's. she still very well could be yeah like i still have not discounted that entirely <laughs> as, as part of her well that's the thing i've only seen this movie the one time and frankly, her name is Pearl, we just learned. Yes. But I lo- I felt like I lost a lot of Pearl just because I was trying so hard to figure out what the fuck was going on mm-hmm. that I missed the subtleties and the nuance that were all the explanation of her motives that I needed. Yeah. Like, I got the majority of it, but I was still like, yes, and. Like, what? again, just like every other movie I'm watching nowadays, I'm waiting for, like, the other shoe to drop mm-hmm. of, like... Like what I talked to you about with Nightmare Alley, where I'm like, okay, yes, but like, is there more? And then because it was long enough, they're like, no, but hang in there. It gets better. Mm-hmm. We're going to expand on this. This, there was just, you know, it's a horror movie, so it's got to move a little bit faster. And the pacing needed to match with that, you know, because there are some people, unfortunately, that don't want to go more than an hour seeing a horror movie without someone getting fucking murdered. Mm-hmm. And I would be fine waiting. Um, A24 has been like, that's how it works, where mm-hmm. it's like, listen, 
you may not like it, but the last 20 minutes, we promise you'll get your fix of weird shit. And they still do. <laughs> yeah. So I was, and even during that period, I was more like, what does this mean? I was like, what is the deeper thing here? Like, what what's happening? Um, I think that's just because I'm used to A24 being a super dimensionally layered thing. And this is layered, obviously, but it's not, mm-hmm. like, up its own ass in a, in a good way. It Like, like, A, like Andy 24 is hereditary or Midsummer or The Witch even has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the cast. Yes. All right. Well... I guess directing wise. Uh, so yeah, it was directed by Ty West, who I don't think I've actually seen any of his other films. Have you not seen VHS? I think maybe a long time ago. But we're familiar with but, him at least. Yes. Well, and as you mentioned right before we were um, starting, he was actually in one of my favorite horror movies, yeah. uh, Your Next. I love Your Next. It's so good. It's got such. I love The Final Girl. We covered your next, right? I don't remember. For Home Invasions? It was like that so. and Strangers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I hope so. Um, but yeah, so he made an appearance in that movie as basically himself, and then he got <laughs> murdered. Yeah. It's also kind of funny because he bears a passing resemblance to Eli Roth, mm-hmm. and he directed Cabin Fever 2. <laughs> um, in addition to the Emma's for Miscarriage segment of the ABCs of Death, uh, and the VHS segment that also featured his co-star from Your Next, the guy that was the older brother, oh, who in yeah. it, he's also a director. Like I think the people that did VHS, or like this is the same company that did Your Next, and it was just mm-hmm. all them together collaborating on a project, which is why Your Next yeah. is so great. Um, but yeah, he's also Ty West has also gone on to do a couple of TV horror stuff. He's done an episode of Scream the TV series, the first season, mm-hmm. uh, Wayward Pines, um, the Exorcist TV series, um, as well as uh, a couple episodes of Them, which is the Prime Video uh, series. Okay. Um, he also is in post production for a prequel to this movie, which you were telling yes. me about. Do you want to go through how they um, kind of established? So that? yeah, what basically happened when they were um, getting ready to make X is um, Ty West had written X and was getting ready to film it, but they had to do their yeah because he wrote and directed this movie, which is pretty um, awesome. Yeah, and yeah, they had to do their quarantine before they could start filming. They were in New Zealand, which is like the one safe place oh. in twenty twenty. 2021 and they to were film. very particular about who got in that country. Yes. And Up so, until like a month ago. <laughs> and so he had those two weeks of a quarantine and he just decided to write the prequel he had been thinking about. Mm-hmm. And then um, they ended up filming X and it went really well. And then he had a friend who was working production design for Avatar 2 who was <laughs> like, well, we're already building this stuff. Do you just want to film the, se- or the prequel now? And so he went up to the actress who was playing Pearl and was like, hey, I have this idea for a prequel. He gave her the script and she was like, let's fucking do it. So they just stayed an extra two weeks and filmed that movie. Nice. Which is supposed to come out later this year. So it's a full movie. It is a full prequel movie. Yes. Which um, the synopsis I'm going to give you because it's a two sentence long synopsis here. Yeah, there can't be much. Um, And it says, um, set during World War I in 1918, it explores the origins of Pearl, the villainous character from X. The events take place prior to the previous film and explore how the cabin where the massacre of X takes place 
was once used as a boarding house during the war. Ooh. So it's about to beat her with a lot of boys. Tantalizing. Uh, the word I'm looking for is tantalizing. Scintillating. Oh, that's the right word, right? I don't know. Yeah, it means like with sexual mystery. Ooh. I think it's something along those lines. Okay. Um, we will touch on why that is. Yes. Um, but you mentioned the actress who plays Pearl. She also plays the lead character, Maxine. Maxine. Yes. Uh, Mia Goth. Uh, kills it in this she movie, is bro. fantastic I really hope that a lot of people in the horror world see her in she was in Suspiria she That's was in it. Suspiria and, and she was in fucking oh god I hated this movie but A Cure for Wellness with oh uh, see what I recognized her for, from was the recent or the most recent version of Emma with Anya Taylor-Joy yep yeah, yeah. She just looks very different. I mean, this movie, she's supposed to look like she's in, she's in, she's on the cocaine. Yep. Uh, she's <laughs> clearly not got her shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and porn in the 70s, at least now, has like a very trashy look to it. So, like, the makeup is a lot more caked on, it's a lot more all encompassing. Uh, it doesn't really play to people's strengths. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a very attractive woman. But they they are supposed to have her look this very specific way. So yeah, I didn't remember her from that. I do remember Suspiria, and I do remember A Cure for Wellness, and I freaking hated that movie. Uh, but I really hope that she gets um, some more work uh, as yes. a result from this specifically. Because Absolutely. man, she because she shows it. a lot of prowess in this movie. And it, again, like like I was saying with the depth, like not I totally didn't even realize that it was her. Also, as Pearl, like it, it, mm-hmm. the old woman looked like it was someone Play, younger, younger playing yeah. older, very yeah. much like Midnight Mass, where it was like mm-hmm. you're young, but like I just don't know who you are because the makeup is really good. Yeah, um, but like all of her moments, just like to herself especially, um, were all my favorite moments with her. Um, you know the the drive she has to make something of herself in this industry. Um, the self-reflective moments. Like, she's smart. Like, when she gets asked in for lemonade, she downs the whole thing in, like, and like one go. All right, I gotta like, go. I gotta go. Yeah, she is, she is smart. Yeah. She is not about to be like, this is weird. Um, as we said before, Jenna Ortega is, uh, is in it as Lorraine, who's mm-hmm. the girlfriend of the camera operator. We know Jenna Ortega from Scream 2022. Mm-hmm. She was uh, also in the Babysitter sequel, which I think was called Killer, Killer Queen. Queen. She's also in Iron Man 3? Yeah, she was also in Insidious Chapter 2, I Wait, think. Wait, she's also a voice on Elena of Avalor on the Disney Channel? Wait, what the really? hell? I didn't know that. Yeah, for like four years. Oh my so God. she's like a big character. Well, yeah, she, and uh, for those who have watched the TV show um, You, she was on season... Three? Holy shit, that was her. Yeah. Her hair is completely different. I just mm-hmm. didn't... Re- again, a lot of the time, I just watch a lot of shit. And I'm like, you're familiar, but like, I, I don't remember. I know you, but I don't know where. Yeah. Well, the one who I do remember is uh, Martin Henderson, who's like the porn producer. Mm-hmm. He was the dad from Strangers Pray at Night. And uh, I think, and other things, but like well, that was my big one. The two other things that I want to point out about him is he was also in um, the 2002 version of the American version of The Ring... Yeah, yes. Oh. He's got he's the um, the boyfriend of uh, Naomi Watts character. And I'm so glad you bring that up because what's also f- a little fun tidbit about him is in the music video for Toxic, he played Britney Spears' boyfriend, <laughs> which I think is so fun. <laughs> 
Because that's uh, like the <laughs> epitome of 2003. Like if you played Britney Spears' boyfriend uh, dude, in a I, music video. Oh, yeah. Someone, it was uh, Alexander Skarsgård was um, Lady Gaga's boyfriend in Paparazzi, the music video. Yeah. So yeah, if you were handsome, like model level handsome pre-2010, you were in pop star music videos. Mm-hmm. And like, good for you, because you just get to be like, look how handsome I look. Because Martin Henderson is like, you know, he's, he's 74, so he's like in his 40s. He's a really good looking guy still. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, I always say that for Strangers Pray Night. I'm like, the reason that I buy that Christina Hendricks, the hot mom, mm-hmm. is invested at all in this family is because she's got a kick-ass husband who is also very attractive. Because they fuck. They say so <laughs> in the movie several times. Um, Brittany Snow is in it as, like, the leading lady uh, in, uh, in, in Wayne. In, yeah, in, like, the, in the, the production film. company. And Brittany Snow is in Pitch Perfect. Uh, she was in the Prom Night remake that we covered in the beginning in the of the series. very beginning, yeah. Uh, uh, so that was Yeah, funny she's been me. through all kinds of... She was in, uh, if you're familiar with some smaller Netflix horror, she was in uh, Would You Rather with the guy who Love played Would Penguin in Gotham. Yes, yes. Dude, I want to give that great a rewatch, man. It's the greatest I really want to rewatch it soon. It's uncomfy, but like, yeah. if you listen to our Saw episodes and we're like, I like the concept, but like, fuck the story. First of all, that hurts me personally. Yeah. But you would really <laughs> like this Would movie. You Rather. You would really, really <laughs> like it. <laughs> um, oh, also, I forgot that uh, Martin Henderson is also in uh, Grey's Anatomy. For those oh, people that probably yeah. know. I don't know. He's a doctor on it. I don't know. He's hot, so I don't know. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, also, for leading man for this horror movie is straight up Kid Cudi, yeah. the rapper. <laughs> yeah. um, so Kid Cudi is – he is in other stuff. I haven't seen – I was say, he's made some appearances in, like, the TV show Empire – um, was he himself though? I don't. Actually. Is that like an entourage kind of thing? He's in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Really? Yeah, as himself. Oh, okay. Um, I do remember him being in Westworld, and uh, he's in an episode of the Shutter Creep Show. So okay. he's this is not his first foray into horror, which I did think it might have been. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know he's also been working more is getting into acting, which yeah. I always appreciate when people are able to do that, especially in horror. I think it's a great avenue for people to get their feet wet and yeah. the ter- in the form of acting. He's great in this movie. Oh, he's fantastic. Like, I lo- legitimately loved his character. And I'm like, you're going to die. But, like, because his whole deal was that he was in Vietnam as, mm-hmm. like, a Marine. So he comes in capable as fuck. Yeah. He can talk to anyone. Like, the old man who, like, clearly used to be in the service, he was like, oh, yeah, I know all about that type of shit. And he, like, gives him the respect that mm-hmm. Wayne is not giving him. Yeah. And even then, it's still like a... I need to keep you guys distant because my wife, you know, yeah. shit. But, like, yeah, when they're, like, looking for his wife, quote-unquote, and he's like, yeah, I don't know if you'll be able to see in the dark. He's like, <laughs> stupid old man. I was in Vietnam. And I'm like, like well, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he does something to the effect of, like, you know, he, he just talks about something that he mm-hmm. was really good at. And the guy kind of, like, looks at him like, well, damn. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, bro. Um. Yeah, he kills it. I really hope he's in more horror stuff. Me too. Uh, and Owen Campbell is RJ, their uh, camera operator. Uh, he was the one guy I didn't really recognize. I was like, looking at his filmography, I don't really re- recognize anything. Yeah. I know, I know the Americans, but I didn't, I didn't end up finishing the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was also everyone in the show 
is amazing in the in the movie is amazing uh, like yeah. you said with the depth everyone plays their character as like they all seem like very real people i really didn't want any of them to die i knew they had to so it yeah. was more like okay this movie is too well written to kill everybody at least for me i'm like surely they must keep two people alive come on mm-hmm. like please uh like you poured all this time and and energy <laughs> into it uh but not so and then uh, for the old man running the house, Howard, uh, I do know him because he is one of the hobbits, or not the hobbits, the dwarves from the Hobbit movies. Really? Yes. And as an extension of that, which mm-hmm. I learned when I was watching those movies when they came out, most of the guys that played the dwarves used to do stuff in Lord of the Rings, the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Most of them, because back in the day they used real orcs and not yeah. CGI bullshit. So most of them were orcs, mm-hmm. like big deal orcs. So he's Gorbag in uh, Return of the King. Gorbag is the really fucking creepy one that, oh. at, I don't know when the last time you saw Lord of the Rings. It's, or even, it's been a little while. Or even like listeners who have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, when Frodo gets kidnapped by the orcs at Kirith Uncle after he gets stabbed by Shelob in Return of the King and Sam goes to save him, the orc that, like, threatens to kill him before mm-hmm. Sam shows up, that's Gorbag. Okay. But I remember him specifically just because he looked the most human out of the orcs when I was a kid, and I really did like how his face looked. Mm-hmm. But looking at him, like, he just has a very, like, narrow, pointy face, which I think lends itself a lot to, like, visual effects and makeup, which is probably why he was this old man in this movie. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, you said they were shooting in New Zealand. Yeah. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, like, New Zealand, uh, conquered New yeah. Zealand's film industry. So, like, you need a guy for visual effects in New Zealand. They're like, yeah, one of these guys has probably worked on Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that does it for the cast. Like, as uh, we mentioned, the I old do want to mention okay. one more person um, who plays the detective who's coming onto the scene at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah, the dude that just kind of comes in and was like, my God. Yeah. And, like, that was it. <laughs> I mostly want to bring him up because I think one of the most fun things about him is he was involved in, I believe it's nine different versions of the Power Rangers throughout the 2000s oh, and God. 2010s. Wait. Okay, so before you get into that, I just got onto his known for in, in IMTB, and it's the biggest stretch <laughs> I've ever seen. So you have Bridge to Terabithia from 2007, uh-huh. Avatar, fucking James Cameron's yep, Avatar. Like one of the highest grossing films of all time, the Avatar. The most grossing, the, the, the highest grossing film of all time. Now they put it back in theaters and it beat Endgame because yeah. Disney was like, let me fight myself for some arbitrary bullshit. Mm-hmm. The Meg, which we oh. will cover someday because I own it just truly for the meme. Mm-hmm. I haven't even watched it yet. Amazing. And this movie. Let uh, alone... Also, for <laughs> McGuire and anyone else who was big uh, Disney Channel kids, he was also in uh, Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior, which is the uh, Brenda Song it's Brenda Disney Song, movie. That's right, yeah. He's also in a couple episodes of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. That's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, so he's fucking... He's different characters in every single Power Rangers. Yeah. Like, he's not even the same person. Correct. Good God. <laughs> yeah, all the way back to, like... 
2003, oh, I think, is the earliest you one. Know what? I, you know why I bet he's in Ash vs. Evil Dead? Why? Because he was in uh, Hercules, Young Hercules, and Xena Warrior Princess, which were all shows that oh, Sam Raimi worked on early on, yeah. which is why all of those people are in Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, fucking, yeah, I, I literally was about to just move on <laughs> without even talking about him. We wouldn't have known all that shit. Oh, wow. All right. So... I don't want to spoil a lot of this movie. Yeah, because I think... Like, we've been deliberately and well-purposed, like, vague in mm-hmm. highlighting what's been good without really saying a bunch. But I think one of the appeals of X is, like, even the trailers, like, they established that it was, like, kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, like, was about porn, but, like, not... That's about any, it. Literally nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think the old people are included in the trailers at all. I think maybe just when they first get there, just being like, this is our place. Yeah, that's being like, it. stay away from my property or some yeah. weird shit like that. Yeah, because straight up, I don't even know if we've really even talked about it, but the the big, like, twist happens, like, an hour into the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it's, at least for me... I'm like, where does this go? Yeah. Like, so it's less about like what you know going in, and more about the journey and the trajectory and the ride, really, that mm-hmm. it, it puts you on. Because lately, I've been really looking for movies that are great rides. Mm-hmm. This was a fucking great ride, especially yeah. because yeah, I was watching it with Belle in a theater, truly just by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we were, we got to like fully emote when shit was happening. Um, there's a very particular scene that we just visibly, like, looked, like, audibly screamed in disgust yeah. for several minutes. Um, it's upsetting that I know exactly what no, you're talking about. No, I know exactly about. what, we, yeah, because <laughs> it's just the one. Yep. Um, the big scene, though, that I do want to touch on is just fucking great. Did I, did we talk about this when we were recording or before, the alligator bit? Were we recording already? Uh, I think. But if we weren't, yeah, just in let's case. cover it again so anyway. There is this, so the farm is in Texas, probably closer to like West or East Texas, because mm-hmm. there's some swamps around there, uh, and specifically a scene with Maxine when she's kind of just Kid Cudi is fucking Britney Snow. Yeah, they're so filming she's, the yeah, movie, and so she, she has is, time yeah, off. Yeah, she's got time off in between scenes before Kid Cudi goes to the barn and has sex with her. Yeah. So she's in between, you know, just kind of hanging out. She goes and just kind of explores the property a bit, and she winds up at the lake behind them and uh, decides to go swim, mm-hmm. which is, like, cool. And I'm like, all right, what, what's all this about? Like, what's going to happen What's going to go wrong? I'm like... The guy's going to be, like, peeping on her and, like, mm-hmm. jerking off. Or, I'm like, it's an A24 movie. So there will be some gratuitous, scarring sexual stuff, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. There was, but not in the way I expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's laying there and just kind of floating. And she's having flashbacks. Uh, we're learning a little bit more about her. Mm-hmm. And then they – I don't even remember how they start, but I think it's, like – they show the alligator. I was like, they just kind of pan enter. out, and you see the alligator at the edge of the screen. Did it? Because I, I thought think. it got in the water first, and I was like, oh, well, man, an alligator. Why that, then? I, I don't, okay, again, I don't really remember. But what I do remember is the fucking overhead shot of, like, the fucking whole lake, and she's mm-hmm. this speck in the middle of it. And then you just, from the right side of the screen, you just see this big-ass alligator swimming slowly towards her, but, like, with intent. Like, mm-hmm. it knows she's there. 
she does not know it is there. And I'm like, dude, alligators will rip your fucking shit up if mm-hmm. you are not expecting it. Like, this thing is coming to kill you. And I'm like, bro, I really don't want to watch someone get attacked by alligator right now. I really just did not want to do it. And so she, on the off chance, just decides to go and get out of this lake. Mm-hmm. And she's, so she's swimming, you know, and that fucking alligator is coming right up the fuck on her. And she, like, does that weird little fun thing where, like, she gets to the dock and, like, rests. I'm like, bitch, get out of the water. Yeah. You know, I'm like, literally, like, oh, my God, like, why is this the – and honestly, that scene stuck with me the most afterwards. Like, as soon as we started talking about it and I was describing I'm like, fuck, that scared the hell out of me. Well, and that's the first, like, glimpse of horror in the movie, I think. Yeah, and it was very, again – grounded mm-hmm. like yeah grounded people realism. get attacked by alligators man they don't fucking know your bullshit they're yeah. just like all right let's go they don't know exactly yeah but man what was a big really big standout bit for you oh god it doesn't have I to be saying, like horrible I, but like this because like like you were saying with cinematography wise like mm-hmm. that it was shot beautifully which is why yeah. it evoked me to be like, oh, God. Like, it was very scary the way that they shot it. Mm-hmm. So that's well, yeah. why I'll say that Because the, that cinematography was in, incredible. And just, I think it was when Maxine was walking towards the house for the first time, when it just did a giant uh, open wide view lens, just showing the space in between the guest house and the house itself and just watching her track from one to the other it for the first time. It definitely was like an homage to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There were mm-hmm. several shots in this movie that were straight up homages to not only that, but also like Hitchcock, which yeah. was really cool, like especially at the very end. Like this last shot of the movie is the same last shot as Psycho. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, it's cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so when I, she's walking up. Yeah, and it, it also like gave me Midsummer vibes, and I think it's just because of the open space that it had. Because yeah. that... I off the cinematography of that movie. That movie will still fuck with me to the ends of the earth. I almost but... hate how slow, like, brief aside from Midsummer, but yeah, the cinematography in that movie, I just hate how slow it is. Yeah. Like, it, in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. it's so, you cannot look away. Like, it forces you to look at it. Or even, like, in a slow push-in where it's like, mm-hmm. this scene is not ending anytime soon. You are going to watch this and you are going to sit in it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's very evocative of, like, oh, turn it off. Please yeah. stop it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this was – I went into this with this movie with the knowledge that it was an A24 movie and that it was going to be a slasher of some sorts. And so when I came out of this movie, I was really happy with the results because I really enjoyed the ride. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just – it was exactly what I needed out of a movie right around this time because, like – we just came out of seeing the Batman, which was a nice three-hour, like, just deep movie. And this was a little bit more, like, levity for me. And it was just a movie I could just sit back and enjoy and let happen instead of having to think about too much at first. This was levity for you. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I do, but, like, anyone who has seen both those movies would be like, God, Danny, you should laugh. <laughs> Watch something... That is not... I promise <laughs> I watch comedy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I just... <laughs> God, the Bat... Like, literally, I think about the Batman, and I'm just, I'm like, every movie I've seen afterwards, yeah, I'm, like, not, like, comparing to it, but, like, I'm a lot more appreciative, I'll mm-hmm. say, of um, detail. Yeah. And, uh, and specifically, like, <clears throat> movie-making je ne sais quoi. 
which is going to be good because the next movie we're covering is Let Me In, which is a Matt Reeves movie. Yes. And I have a whole section in the notes that's just like things Matt Reeves does in his movies that are awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like stuff from the Batman that also is in this, Mm -hmm. in in Let Me In. Um, But in terms of A24 cinematography and the way that they handled that cinematics je ne sais quoi, it's all... Everything that they do is to evoke an emotion out of you. Mm-hmm. And because the way they write their scripts, they're very aware of what they want you to feel and how long they want you to feel it. Yeah. And when they want to bring that to a screeching halt. And they do that, I think, more than they've ever done in A24 movies because half of this movie is you getting to learn and growing to love the cast. Mm-hmm. Before all of this happens to them. Yeah. So, like, you watch a genuinely interesting movie about just these people doing a very run-of-the-mill thing, but, like, there's depth to them. Everything has purpose. Just like anyone's life would. Mm -hmm. Like, doing any rudimentary work task, you're going to bring in your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your whatever, and... This is just what it would be like if someone was filming it. Yeah. And then if also you all died. Yeah. Like, it's just, it happens to be that that's how it ended for them. Mm-hmm. Just like the fucking alligator. That would just been just been how it happened to have ended for her. Mm-hmm. No sinister bullshit, you know. You just got eaten by an alligator in yeah. Texas. That's just life you know, that's just That's just life, bro. That's just the hand you're dealt. Yeah. <laughs> That should be the tagline in this movie. X. Sometimes it's just the hand you're dealt. <laughs> what a great-ass movie. Yeah. Just whew, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also will say um, we got a little bit of time. Yeah. But uh, just like <clears throat> it's not gratuitous. It's a movie about people making an adult film, but like it's not – too gratuitous and the scenes that like would have otherwise been the very next scene is levity mm-hmm. like i love the chemistry that britney snow and kid cuddy have like after they have sex because yeah. like they're both they're both professional enough but like they do care about each other mm-hmm. and you it reads in a very unique way yeah for them. i just really liked that uh but you saw it by yourself, so like I don't feel like you had to like cringe. Well, you know, I saw it by much. myself in terms of like people I knew. But when I went out to let them know that the movie wasn't playing yet, I also saw two other people coming into the theater with me, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And so I was sat in the middle of the theater, and they were in the back row, and I was just like, "Well, I'm gonna keep doing my thing." Yeah, we were in the <laughs> back row, like uh, like the heretics that we were. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, it definitely isn't as gratuitous as it definitely could have been, which I think is part of why I'm really glad A24 was who is um, producing this because I feel like they have a lot of – I don't want to say like – I hate the term cinematic elevated horror, quoi. but they have that cinematic <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it instead of <laughs> elevated horror because that's an oversimplification. Yeah, because, yeah, that's genesis sais quoi just kind of – it makes it so even when it – could get gratuitous and instead it still finds that line. There's a reason they go to that line. Like I won't call them I would never call A twenty four tasteful. Yeah. <laughs> but it is tasteful. It, it's like respectful, mm-hmm. but it's with purpose. Yes. You know what I, yeah, I think you hit that for sure. 
<laughs> I like that we're just coming up with our own terms for shit because we refuse to pigeonhole stuff because the point of our podcast is like t- everything is unique. Don't compare it. And then we're like, shit, but it's easy when you can compare shit. Yeah. Well, how was another way we could say yeah. we could use those terms? Uh, yeah. So that's, that doesn't mean you got anything yeah. else about this. Yeah. I mean, that's the majority of it. I know the movie, it didn't have a large theatrical release. I think it's coming out in um, – streamings and uh, physical medias in uh, May, I think end of the month of May. So if if any of this has been intriguing to you, I'd recommend checking it out. It's definitely not a movie for everyone because of the subject matter it does deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, like, you know, Devin, a friend mm -hmm. of the show, she told me, well, she was originally the one that was like, have you seen X? I'm like, no, I really, really want to. And she's like, it was really weird. I saw it with my father. <laughs> Ooh. And I'm like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, I, we were at the concert together, and she was like, have you seen it yet? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, did you like it? I'm like, I actually loved it. <laughs> I also was not with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to give it a rewatch mm-hmm. for a lot of things I must have missed. But I'm like, <clears throat> you should give it a rewatch. Just speak. I mean, and, I, most A twenty four movies, I feel like, are worth a good two or three rewatches. Yeah. Because I will go on record. I still have a bad taste in my mouth from Hereditary, just because I'm me and I have very like stupid nerd hangups. Mm-hmm. So like, it took me a little bit to watch the movie and go like, all right, it's good. Um, and because I I don't want to discount it because it is a, yeah. it's a great movie and a lot of there's a lot good in it. So I don't want just the last five minutes to be like, no, fuck you. Yeah. Like us did for me. Like, I hate when a movie, like, shoots itself. Just, again, this is Mm -hmm. for me. I just hate when that happens. So I want to rewatch it because I'm like, surely that was just me. Yeah. Come on. Like, well, I got to just get over that. This one, you don't even need it. I feel like if you have weird hangups, watch it again. Yeah. You'll like it a lot more, I promise you. Especially because you'll know what's coming. So you can look you'll away. You'll be prepared. <laughs> you can look away <laughs> or go to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach us at our email at squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. You know, we've got a lot of movies coming, but we're not going to be together for a lot of them. Yep. Which is fine and good. Because it's temporary. It's temporary. It's only um, for a limited time. Yeah. So it'll be kind of like what we did last summer, but instead of like Danny sitting there while I yell about Saw, it's going to be like... Conversations little... about high school and college yeah. horror movies. Uh, until a certain point, and then it... And then we'll have, we'll have a little recap of Matt yells at Danny about horror. <laughs> we, had a, we had a brief but poignant talk. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago about what we were going to do. And I looked at you and I'm like, Danny, I need you to step it up because I can't <laughs> step it down for this specific topic. And I'm, and I'm prepping myself for it. And I'm it. like, we need to carefully mold it. I don't want to break it with my <laughs> anger. The fun little glass blowing that we're doing needs to be very delicate, very nuanced. And I don't want to come in and be like, no, it needs yeah. to be this. This... <laughs> It's great being so vague, and <laughs> no one knows what the fuck we're going to be doing, but we promise it'll be good. Yes. Uh, we have a couple more. 
kid. We have one more. Kid we got one more kid one before we move <clears throat> on school, to the high school, uh, which we're gonna start with the gallows. Yes. And I don't know if I've told you about. Actually, I know I haven't told you about this yet, but um, I think we might have to pull another guest episode for that one because uh, someone last night told me they were very interested in talking about the gallows, apropos of nothing. Good. And I'm, I'm like, so well, excited. as luck would have it. So yeah, tune in for that. All but right. next week we will be doing the Matt Reeves Let Me In. And yes. if you saw the Batman and even sorta of liked it, you're gonna wanna listen tune to Tune in for that one. Alright. Until next time, stay spooky out there. Yeah.